Hey, photographers. Today, we will hear from another successful business owner who is reaching their financial goals by selling photography. Here's your host, Tavis Guild. Welcome, everyone, to Selling Photography. Tavis here, and today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Ray Barnes. She's over in the Philadelphia area. All of you uh, Philly fans, give a little uh, shout-out to her. But she's been in the photography industry for 17 years. She currently is specializing in family portraits. But when she was first starting out, she was a wedding specialist. She loved uh, photographing weddings. In fact, she has won numerous awards for her imagery, been published published in a dozen wedding magazines. And so everyone, please welcome to Selling Photography, the wonderful Ray Barnes. How are you, Ray? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. I got to be honest. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you. I believe we first, I guess, met in person a few years back at a conference and I just, I loved, we were kind of, you know, you and my wife and, and a few other people who were all just kind of conference buddies and going around and, and it was so much fun getting to, to know you and your world. And I just know you have a ton of value that we're going to unpack for all of our, our listeners here today. And so I just want to thank you for, for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tavis. So as you guys know out there, my friendly listeners, we like to jump right into it. And so uh, something that that Ray is passionate about is uh, in-person sales. And so if you're out there listening, you're like, well, I don't do that. I'm not interested. What we're going to talk about to start out here is is how she got started doing in-person sales and how to start doing in-person sales, more importantly. And so um, I would love to just jump in, Ray, when I say, and even give us a little bit of your your background there, how you started in-person sales, and then let's let's transition into if if someone's out there and they have yet to make make that move in their business, but they're interested, they're curious, or maybe they already have and they, uh, you know, have done some things that aren't working well. Um, so, so what do you think about all that? Yeah. So, I mean, I should first say, because I've been doing this since 2004, which is, it's hard to believe that that was 17 years ago, <laughs> but yeah. I feel like I've been through every type of business model there could be because we didn't have online galleries like we do now when I first started. So I definitely was very rich in serving my clients. I was in a high-end wedding market up in the Adirondacks of New York. Then we moved to Philadelphia. Weddings just weren't a good fit for us anymore, for my family. It wasn't, they're completely different animals here than they are in the Adirondacks. Everything's a little more laid back. So I left the wedding industry and started focusing on families. And at that time, I thought it would just be easiest to just do digitals and just give everybody 10 and I pick 10 and we'll just call it a day. And then at some point, you know, it was like, I just started hearing about how IPS was working for families. And I think my hang up was I undervalued family portraiture. Mm. I saw weddings as something that was very valuable and worth a lot of money because there's a lot of hours that you put into it. But I just didn't see family portraiture as as valuable. And but so once I made that switch to IPS with families, it was quite amazing. I mean, really, like, I feel like I put almost as much energy into my families as I did into those weddings. I'm putting a lot of planning into it. I serve my clients really well, uh, or at least I hope I do. <laughs> <That's the feedback laughs> I get well, anyway. I'm, 
I'm here to say, yeah, I've heard some of your results, and so I think the verdict is in. You you are serving them well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was scary when I made that switch because I basically was telling people what they got before. I wanted to make sure they knew I was going to offer them more service and product, but that basically it was going to cost two to three times more. And I already felt like I was really expensive for my area, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody feels that way. <laughs> that was tricky, but you know, like you kind of have to just rip off the bandaid. I mean, I, I know some people feel like they need to go all digitals, download online gallery to hybrid, whichever, whatever that means to you and then go to IPS. But I felt like it was just best just to rip it off like a bandaid, just go ahead and lose the clients that I was you know, that weren't going to come with me, bring the clients that were make that jump. And once we got past those first few months, it's been, it's been awesome. Okay. So we're, and thank you for, for filling in those, those gaps because, um, we all are on our own photography journey in, in this industry and, and have different experiences. You, you know, you did a great job, you know, showing us how, You've come to this point because some people may be listening and saying, I came to that point really early, or maybe they're on that part and they're like, man, something's missing or something's not working. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes when we look at our business and we're like, how can I make this work? How can I make the numbers make sense? I want this to you know, be my main gig if you're already doing like a side hustle thing or it's your main gig and, um, and you're just like, I, I just feel kind of stuck. So when we're talking about in-person sales, which is by definition offering products to your clients, what are some great tips that come to mind, Ray, when they first start that? You mentioned this ripping off of, uh, of the Band-Aid. Um, but what are some things, like if you were to do just a quick little list, um, and I'm really just kind of pulling this question out of the air. So, <laughs> But if you were to come up with a little list um, of like, hey, here, here's where it's good to focus and then here's where too much focus is just going to hold you back from getting started. Yeah. So I, I think that one of the most important things to do before you start is, is something I did personally and that I figured out I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants before. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. okay, this seems like a fair price because that's, you know, close to what everybody else is charging or like a little bit more than what so-and-so is charging. And I think that's appropriate, but actually running my numbers, which I know for creatives doing math can be kind of challenging, <laughs> but actually running my numbers and figuring out, oh my gosh, like if I want to maintain the volume that I'm at right now, which is a good volume for me, I really do need to be making two to three times more in order to pay, you know, whatever bills I have, but also to pay myself what I want to make. And that for me, and also with people that I've coached through this process is a strong motivator because most people are undercharging for what they do. Most people are in a place where they're just not valuing like I was before what they do and what they give to their client. So when I made that realization or when I came to that realization that I needed to make more, the inherent thing that I learned was, okay, I can't just continue doing what I'm doing and expect people to pay twice as much for right. that exact thing. So I need to do whatever I can to build the value of what I'm giving to my clients. And I need this to sound to, to be valuable to my clients. So I mm -hmm. needed them to feel like this is worth it. 
you've made a lot of changes. So for me, that meant higher service, which meant that it was more hands-on, getting to know my clients beforehand, doing the session pretty much the same way, but then meeting with them afterwards to really go through to guide them through that process of what do you want? And then the other thing was just elevating, elevating the products that I was offering my client. I'm a low volume studio. And so in order to make a higher sale, I want my products to be the top quality that I can find. That's part of why we use Guild Canvas. Yeah. <laughs> but we also, every other render that we use is a high quality specialist in what they do. They don't make a million things. They, they focus on the one thing and that's what I want to offer to my client. And I knew that that would elevate the perceived value because they are getting something superior. So let's, oh, it did. It is so (laughs) wonderful because I'm going to recap and then I want to drill down in a couple of these areas because the three main things you said is, is you got to run your numbers. You have to know the numbers Mm -hmm. first. Uh, You got to know that the experience is going to either raise or lower value. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, and then your product offerings is a direct reflection um, also on the experience, but also the, the final, you know, uh, I guess, impact and experience. Like this is what ends up on the wall, Right. right. Um, and so they, you don't want them calling you in five years and saying that thing we put on the wall is now on the floor. Right. Um, and so, and so I, I love when you started there of just running the numbers. I am a cool. firm believer that um, our businesses should serve us and how we want to live and how we want to give. Um, mm-hmm. It should not be the other way around. We should not right. be serving our business. Our business should be a tool so that we can accomplish our passions and desires in our lives, in our worlds, and in our family and in community worlds, right? So I love that because as artists first brain sometimes. So some of us are business first, then artists, and, and others are, are artists, then business. Uh, I'm the if you got, I was going to say, get if you, you out there, guess what I am. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm business, then artist. But, uh, but we do have to run those numbers or else none of it will make sense. It'll mm-hmm. always feel totally random. And um, yeah. we have to step outside of our comfort zone, you know, with some of those things like in business, we tend to always gravitate toward the things that we love to work on, on our business. And Mm -hmm. we totally neglect the things that we either don't know a lot about, or we don't like doing. And ultimately that becomes our block that, you know, creates these walls that we just can't get through. And so starting with the numbers and then the experience and, uh, you know, offering top products. So let's, let's drill down on the experience side of things, Ray. Mm -hmm. And so we when you're, when you're just getting started out in, in in-person sales, let's assume we've, we've all ran our numbers. We're like, okay, the, the, these are the numbers that are going to make it work, that are going to serve me well, how I want to live and give. What are some things in the, in the experience that you have found that raises the value exponentially versus some other things that we need to have that are little, little raises in value? But in your experience, what are some of the big ones that people can begin to start navigating and implement, implementing in their photography businesses? Yeah. That's a great question. So when I first made the switch to in-person sales for my family portraiture, like inundated myself with education, <laughs> listen to anybody who would talk to me about in-person sales and how they did it. And the biggest thing that I learned was right off the bat is to have a plan of how you're going to serve your clients. So that first year, I think I just did a meeting with them after the session, right? That was just one meeting. I had like a simple questionnaire online. It was pretty much the same, same old, same old. 
But I had that one meeting with them after the session and I had a plan for how it was going to flow. And I, I made sure I did everything I could to just make sure we went through that flow. And, and the flow of that was really not only just to get your client in the right headspace of loving the images, you know, feeling all the good things, but also to help them make decisions. I mean, that's really, they hired you as an expert. Um, and I kind of see in-person sales as like, you finished the job they hired you for. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was it was pretty simple with that. Now, the problem that I ran into maybe the first year, but definitely the second year, is I started finding mm-hmm. some people weren't quite prepared for that ordering appointment um, the way that they should have been. And so I had some quite challenging, awkward situations <laughs> with a few clients that didn't read what I had sent. Wait them. a minute. Wait a minute. You mean you sent them an email and they didn't read every word and like, <laughs> yeah, no. And it's not even just the email. It's like my website says it. And yeah. I have like um, a welcome guide that I would send them that had all these things written out and people just don't read. So it doesn't matter if you give them all these things like three or four times, they some people just don't read. <laughs> so, and I had even said something, you know, like usually my phone conversation with them when they book is pretty clear, but somehow people, a few people slip through the cracks. Now, I don't want to say that it was like overwhelming a lot of people, but it can be overwhelming even if Enough. you just have one. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. So I started in- implementing then was a meeting before the session. Actually, I think I talked to you about this at some point. Basically, just a time for me, not only just to engage with a family and get to know more about their kids. Like, hey, is Johnny really shy? Do we need to talk to um, Georgia like a different way? Do you, do any of your kids have special needs? Like, is there something, you know, so we go through like all these things that help prepare me to create like authentic, candid, relaxed portraiture because I know their family a little better, but also really walking them through the process of, hey, here's the album. Do you like this? Oh, okay, great. You may have seen it in the welcome kit, but this cost XYZ. (laughs) Oh, you want a portrait right there? Let's measure. This will cost you this amount. The funny thing is those meetings aren't that long. And my ordering appointments have gotten even shorter. So it's really only the inconvenience of multiple meetings. The payout was much better for everyone (laughs) because they were prepared for the sale and I was prepared for the session. And and at the ordering appointment, I knew exactly what they wanted pretty much before we started. Yeah. And, and so, you know, what we're talking about, are th- what was it that raised the, the value exponentially? And so she focused on two things that I want to reiterate is practice, mm-hmm. practice the meeting. It's like, I, I call it going to the gym. If we don't, pra- I mean, to this day, I do, I don't even know how many IPS meetings a year, but a bunch. And I still practice the meeting before the clients get here because um, as those of you that, that you know, exercise regularly out there, you know that if you, if you don't exercise for a couple of weeks or, or you just let a little bit of time go, all of a sudden you're just like, oh, this is so much harder and you're focused on exercising. Now, see, that's the key is that when we practice, we are now present 
for the mm-hmm. meeting. We're now there. We're listening to what the client's saying. We're not thinking about what we need to do next in the meeting, but instead we're listening to our client's needs. We're, we're listening to where they are. We're paying attention to their body language and getting into psychology things so that we can serve them well, which is what mm-hmm. you, were, you were talking about. So, so that's a great thing is to practice, you guys. Um, the other is is uh, is meeting before you added uh, you know what what I call a portrait planning meeting uh, you know mm-hmm. obviously there's there's a lot of ways to name it out there you know I agree that adds an incredible amount of value because you get to know the family you get to know all the little details um, yeah. I can't I can't tell you how many times like even when it came down to location here in my head mm-hmm. I had a location picked out but then they're telling me about this family farm and I'm like right. you guys what if we went out to the farm. And yeah. di- and they're like, oh, that would be fun. We should do it because they don't know. They right. they don't know what you know. They don't think like us in terms of how much value would be added by having it at a location that has historical value of generations of their family. Where like if if we just take the time and ask them those questions, <laughs> then we know. Then we know. And um, and then I also the last thing is is that you you make it clear and you walk them through really what they're going to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have, I have a quick story with this, Ray. It's, it's, it's pretty funny because right after my wife and I experienced this, we were driving in the car and we're like, this must be how our clients feel. And so the story is this. We went to a nursery, you know, so we were going to get some trees, some bushes. We actually were, were building out our studio backyard and then also some things at our home. So I brought my trailer, my truck, and we were, I mean, I was ready to load that thing up. And so we get to the nursery and I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, where do I start? And I, and I mean, I'm looking at getting like, you know, 10 trees, you know, like 20 to 30 bushes, some flower. I mean, the full thing. And I, I barely knew where to start. I was looking at the tree. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I had no idea what season it bloomed in. I had no mm-hmm. idea what if it needed to be in the shade or the sun. I just knew that I liked the tree. And I'm like, that's kind of a cool tree. And then eventually, after 20 minutes of, of mindlessly wandering around this nursery, kind of randomly putting things in this wagon, we came up and, and we're talking to someone that worked there. And I told her my plan. And I go, I'm being really ambitious here, but I, I need help. And she began to unpack each part of what we were trying to accomplish and took us to every area of the nursery that we needed. Then from that area, we could then pick the ones that we liked. Um, Mm -hmm. But at least we were picking it, you know, for the ones that needed to be planted in the shade versus the full sun and half sun and all that stuff. So she was kind of my saving grace. And so because she walked us through the experience that we and the education we needed to have so that that the end result was desirable and and it was something we loved and and i think that ray for our clients that come through our portrait studio we assume that they know kind of what we're doing and all these different things mm-hmm. and i think it's so important to stop tap the brakes and just give them some education and walk them through those things because I felt totally lost at that nursery. I felt <laughs> frustrated. I felt as though I I then needed to try and be in control because right. like I couldn't figure it out, but I needed to just get this done. And I can't help but think that a lot of the families and different clients that we work with also find themselves thinking that way if mm-hmm. we're not very clear on what to expect in the experience. Adding to that, we used to, but I, I know a lot of photographers, you probably do some too, get the inquiry, like, we just need the digitals. That's right. all we need. And and that's what 
the public has been trained to believe that that's all they need, but really in very few cases, do they need just the digitals? You know, it's, it's very rare. Most people just want the digitals so that they can do things on their own cheaper. You know, I, my hairdresser told me a few years ago, she had gotten married, chose not to get the album through her photographer because it was so expensive. I don't know how much the photographer was charging, but she had said it was so expensive. And she was like, but then I ended up spending like 40 hours on Shutterfly creating this book that's not even that nice of a quality. And and I think that that just was like, yep, that's why we do what we do, because we can be more efficient. We can save you time. You know, I, I tell everyone my catchphrase kind of is playful portraits for the busy parents, because my clients are almost all, well, they're parents, so they're busy <laughs> regardless. Yeah. But I have a lot of clients that are, you know, both of them are working. They don't have time to figure out what size they need printed and what what company is going to be the best quality for, you know, X, Y, Z. And so, you know, we're just completing that job for them. And one thing I did want to add to the meeting beforehand that I think really, really builds the value is um, pre-COVID, I would go into my clients' homes and um, I would actually go through their kids' closets with them and just be like, you know what? You probably have stuff that are is going to look great for the portrait session. You probably don't need to buy anything. Let's just pull things through. And so that was a huge time saver for so many of my clients. And they thank me so much for that because that is a very stressful part of doing a portrait, you know, and, and, there aren't many photographers that are willing to do that for their clients. Yes. Every time we add a point of contact that isn't meaningless, right? But it has mm-hmm. some sort of value, whether it's going out, selecting outfits, helping them with where to do it, or even installing the mm-hmm. products that they that they invested in. Every yeah. time we have a point of contact, we have the opportunity to build value. Right. And so for those of you out there that are running the numbers and you're just like, I just can't figure out how to get this average. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's going back to the experience itself and saying, how many opportunities am I giving myself to even build value? Because right. we may not be giving ourselves enough. Now, Ray, it's important to mention that what you and I are talking about is a, a low volume, high touch experience. Right. Obviously, if you are out there and you're like, no, I'm, I'm more of a high volume, you know, in, in studio, stuff like that. These things are valuable, but they need to be packaged up a little bit closer together right. because you can't, you can't have a volume, you know, uh, photography company and then have like five meetings with every single client. Um, right. not unless you, you just want to just live at work and <laughs> like have, have meetings well, at like two in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. And, and with volume businesses, it, it's all about scaling and building right. a team around you. Um, I, I've yet to meet a volume photographer that does it themselves and it is is still like has a pulse <laughs> and a family <laughs> and, and a fa- yeah yeah and any other thing going but yeah. anyways but i i did want to mention that because uh those out there you know some people they do desire to build that volume studio and mm. everything we're talking about is still incredibly valuable but we have to figure out how to package that up in a way that right. um, can piggyback on some other parts of the experience that are happening all at the same time. We're As we're wrapping up here, we're talking about starting in-person sales, some of the things in the journey, some of the things that added a lot of value. I think for us, sometimes we look at it um, like 
what's in it for us, the photographer, which is, which is mm-hmm. not a wrong way, but we sometimes start in-person sales for that reason. But if you have a story, because what I've seen is, is that when we offer our clients a product and we see the impact it has in their world when it's in their home and, mm-hmm. you know, down the road when we do other, you know, portraits of them and they still are talking about that season of life, um, you know, share with us, Ray, a story of a client experience you had that they invested in portraits and just kind of what that meant to them j- because you were able to offer it to them. I don't know if this is a perfect story example, but I'm going <laughs> to go with it anyway. <laughs> go with it. Yeah. So when I switched to in-person sales, I did have quite a few clients come with me, which was amazing. I mean, I wasn't really expecting that, but I'm so grateful. What happened was with multiple clients, but I'm going to tell a story of one client. She first hired me back when I was just shoot and share. She at her, our first session was kind of like directing me, which was interesting. And I was like, this might not last very long, but you know, we went through the session she got her digital. She hired me again. She got her digitals. And then by the third time she hired me, I was doing in-person sales. I was a little nervous, but I was like, Hey, I know you're really busy. Like she and her husband are both surgeons. And I'm like, I really want to serve you this way. Here's, here's how it's going to happen. Here's what you can expect to spend. And she was like, wow, that's actually amazing because I haven't done anything with those last two sessions. Did your heart just drop and you're like, what? Mm -hmm. No. I'm like, oh great. It's just living on the hard drive. That's exactly what I wanted. Oh no. (laughs) No, but the amazing thing was that that first session ordering appointment that I had with her, she ordered albums from her past sessions. Just this past year, this um, past December, actually, we did a huge wall gallery, a portrait from every session that I've ever had with her. So it was like, ended up being like 10, nine or 10 pieces. And she was just so thankful. And, you know, like it was a quite a big sale for me from the photographer's standpoint, or if I'm telling a photographer friend, they're like, wow, that was a great sale. I'm like, yes, but you know, what's even better is that she is so thankful to have all of these years of portraits up on one wall and in her kitchen. So she gets to look at it all the time. And she's even texts me sometimes. She's like, I just had my mom over and she cried when she saw it. Like the kids are growing up so fast. And I think anyone who's scared to jump into in-person sales needs to realize that most people have no idea what to do with the portraits and they are just going to live on a hard drive. We as artists have the capability to create something for them pretty simply, but that they will love and treasure forever, you know? <laughs> so that's my story. I love it. I love it. Well, and that, and that, that hits the nail right on the head, Ray. We can talk a lot about how it benefits us as photographers mm-hmm. and our business and, and all that stuff. But it is truly, for me, I'm a very legacy-minded individual, and I love yeah. being a part of 
many families and weddings, a part of their, their family legacy, their wedding legacy, whatever it is, because we told the story for them, right? And, but then they have evidence of it. They're, there's something on the wall, you know, or in an album or both or, you know, whatever product you love, there's something for them to, to grab onto and, and relive those, those seasons. I just think that when we talk about, you know, why we do what we do, you know, for me, a lot of my why is wrapped up in that. You know, I love mm-hmm. people. And so therefore, I want to serve them well, but also I want them to be reminded of these seasons that just truly they don't repeat themselves. Right. They're, they're once in a, you know, every time we go through a different season, it usually it's, it's very unique and it's very special. And mm-hmm. um, we, we get to be responsible um, for what that turns into. So we don't want it to live on a hard drive, right? Uh, no. it, it, and it kind of breaks your heart when you've done this a while and, you, and you're like, oh, man, those, you know, and, and I love what you did. I love the story that you're like, well, let's go back and let's make this happen and, mm-hmm. and go from there, too. So um, for those of you that are thinking of starting in-person sales or transitioning, that's a actually some really great advice even to get started is to mm-hmm. go back to the clients that maybe you only did offer digitals, see what they've done with them, and then mm-hmm. offer them, hey, can I take care of getting something on your wall you know, for you? Can yeah. we work together and figure that out? And so you don't have to go find new clients. Your old clients may, may uh, float the boat there for a while as, as right. you begin to transition that. So Anyways, we, we got to get going here, Ray, but I can tell you what, this conversation has been so wonderful. I can tell you already a ton, a ton, a ton of value. Um, for those of you that uh, just loved hanging out um, with Ray as I did, you can find her at, uh, you know, Ray Barnes Photo or um, on our Facebook page, Ray Barnes Photography. Uh, you know, if you guys want to head over there and just say thank you for, for being on the show. We appreciate it. But thank you, Ray, for taking the time and uh, just giving us some some great information and encouragement uh, along the way here. Yeah, thanks so much, Tavis. I appreciate it. It was fun. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. You've been listening to Selling Photography with Tavis Guild, sponsored by Guild Canvas Company, a luxury line of museum-quality canvases for photographers, hand-painted and easy to clean. Go to guildcanvas.com and click Become a Client to get started.